Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitball and Pod. I'm your host, Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Sean Shute. The matchup we'll be tackling this week is a 2004 derby, Dodgeball versus White Chicks. I will also confess to the pair of you, um, I did plan to open this episode with a rendition of um, A Thousand Miles, and I backed out at the last second. <laughs> you bought it. Well, there's like Sean's little icon. I mean, we don't do this video, but his his uh, his picture is his head like tilted to the sides and it felt like he was like giving me the look judging me as i was about <laughs> to break into the song so i will maybe we'll do maybe we'll either do that or the opposite he's looking at you lovingly as you sing it which <laughs> is maybe a completely different vibe and i knew I, I, I wasn't sure which point to start which point to stop at you stop at the first i think you'll go. i think you'll feel this a natural conclusion I've gone too long here. <laughs> if I could fall into the sky. Little preview there. There we go. We've got, we got enough. Anyway, I've got a little like prelude question this week because I, I, I don't like us to just go straight in. We've got to breeze the monkey a bit first. So, no, completely non-film related. I was going to go a bit of a direction and kind of whoever do. Um, I don't know, it was called different stuff at different schools, like PSHE or citizenship and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where essentially it would be an hour kind off. of a nonsense lesson, yeah, and they would kind of twist it. I remember we were going to, it was the end of term, and we were going to watch The Dark Knight in a lesson, <laughs> and the teacher asked us to find ways as to how you could fit it into a lesson. It was like all kinds of nonsense being chucked that way. But So I was going to go for the kind of most mouth-watering movie meals when, and then I was looking through and none of them looked as good as I remembered them being. So <laughs> I probably should have said a bit sooner. But anyway, the question I have is, basically I've been watching a lot of Man versus Food. I f- saw it on the series link, got that on there, but only the Adam Richman episodes. It's like the cut-off with two and a half men cut off before you get to Ashton Kutcher. And this time I cut off, I don't even know who this new guy is. I but, didn't know there was a new guy. There you go. Yeah, he he's like... A, if you bought a budget Adam Richmond. So, I mean, he's doing it for, he's doing it for Team Ginger, but it's oh, essentially God. like a chubby, kind of nerdy, but not too nerdy, charismatic guy chucking things out there. So it's, it's as close to being a ripoff while they can still feasibly say, look, this is just a coincidence here. <laughs> if, you, if you think they're similar, that's not on us. Yeah, but the question I have is: so, say you were doing a challenge where it was judged on like weight consumed. So rather than how many burgers you eat, how many sausage rolls you eat, what would you go for if you were just trying to set the record for um, like weight consumed? Because you got to think some things would be far like harder to tuck away. So someone might say a burger, but you're going to get meat sweats pretty quickly in there. And that bread as well. Yeah, so it's kind of trying to think of something that is easy to tuck away, 
Uh, I, was, I was thinking pasta, but... Uh, too carby. Same, yeah. It's obviously you can get filling also. Maybe... Uh, maybe like, my way around it. But maybe like Nando's chicken. Mm. Get through a lot of that. I was thinking of um, ice pops earlier. Maybe a cheat to the system. Ice pops? Yeah. But they don't weigh that much, do they? You're going to be getting a lot of them as well. (laughs) You're going to be throwing up. (laughs) (laughs) Not like uh, a Calippo then in that case. (laughs) Calippo. I reckon it's a bit bigger and I'll be spewing. Are they called a Calippo or Calypso? Calypso was the drink, wasn't it? And Calippo was the lolly. A Calippo is the long one, a Calypso is like the triangular one. They're two different lollies. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because there was the drinks, wasn't there, that you used to get in school. The one where you had to, like, stab the straw in the top of it, and you could get, like, a cola one, a blue one. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. Like a happy shopper. Yeah, yeah. What would you tuck away, Sean? You said Nando's chicken? Yeah, that is what I was thinking, because obviously you don't have to have the bread, and it's not as, uh, it won't be as taxing as, like, beef would be. Uh, as you said, if it were burgers, so I could get through a lot of that. Your family would need to move out like for at least a week <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> You're tucking away a record amount of Nando's chicken. Yeah, m- most likely. Because <laughs> my initial thought when you asked the do question. Do you want a hot was, sauce uh, with that? I've got a family. <laughs> my, my initial question was no, my initial thought when you put it was like a fajita, because you could pack a lot of in, oh. so you'd have a lot of weight. But uh, as we mentioned, it was the bread with obviously the wrap. Would... Yeah, I saw one recently where he was tucking away a two-pound burrito. Oh, Weird, weirdly, the, the toughest one I think I've seen recently was um, he was at some like food truck, and basically, I think it was Rutgers. Am I said that right? The university, yeah, Jersey yeah. or something like that. Anyway, there's this famous like lunch truck there. And all the they only used to have one sandwich, and then the story goes: this kid created his own sandwich, and suddenly everyone wanted to create their own. So they make you do this challenge, and you have to get through five of their proper sandwiches in forty-five minutes, I think it was. But they're like proper loaded, like sub rolls. Everyone has cheese and chips on top of it. Jesus! So it was mental. It it looked like because I could imagine. <laughs> the carb overload and everything while he's doing it but that's the toughest one I've seen recently they were all my muscles and sushi I don't like either of them and I wouldn't I've not actually tried muscles so I'm just saying I don't like it because they freak me out a bit but there we go that's yeah. uh, that's greasing the monkey so to speak on to dodgeball then if we go back to 2004 we were 10 at the time of these films coming out, both coming out the same year, shocked me because Dodgeball felt a bit older to me than White Chicks. Yeah, I bought that as well. Because I seem to remember a phase with everyone having White Chicks on DVD and then the progression from that really was to um, Little Man, which was, again, the weigh-ins. But it turns out there were several years between them. Need more energy today. Need a bit more energy in here. Sure. <laughs> Give us some energy. I thought I didn't think you. I didn't think you finished. But yeah. I def- hey. I agree, don't ever worry. I- don't ever worry about cutting me off. <laughs> I, I was also. Days. I was. I'll admit. Maybe I was a bit slow to it. But then I. 
I heard you say obviously it was the same year, and then you said there's there's several years apart, and I realised you meant the two Wayans films rather than yeah. these two films. That that was essentially the reason for my silence. I was piecing <laughs> that together. Is this, you could probably is hear this the clock the ticking. Is this the best Wayans film? Well, we've still got scary movies to come, so we we'll probably won't get into that debate just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, actually, so <laughs> we'll save that for then. Bit, but... bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah, the synopsis then for Dodgeball. So, a group of misfit, a group of misfits, enter a Las Vegas dodgeball tournament in order to save their cherished local gym from the onslaught of a corporate health fitness chain. That they've doesn't not sound like sold it. what you get with White Goodman and <laughs> corporate <laughs> health fitness chain. They've made them sound like the most mundane group. <laughs> Just come in for a corporate takeover. Um, critics' reviews. Um, We'll get on to White Chicks. White Chicks may be the harshest reviews I've seen since uh, That's My Boy. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we've got that to get on to. But Dodgeball reviews then. A hilarious screwball comedy that features a strong cast and plenty of laugh-out-loud moments. We've got the classic here. In the end, it just felt like we were being told one long joke that we're never given the punchline. <laughs> it is. Yeah, what? What are they waiting these, for? These critics seem to just hate any movie with a theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want it to be like that movie 43 that came out years ago where like every two seconds is a completely different plot going on. Uh, the jokes fly as wildly as the titular sports gear, landing solidly more often than you'd expect thanks to a fast-paced script and a cast of good-natured misfits led by Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller. Stiller... Stiller gives one of his broadest and best performances to date, and the jokes ping around the screen as fast as the balls on the court. The film wants only to pit its common man heroes against a bunch of colourful, laughable adversaries and achieves this goal admirably. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, straight on to uh, the biggest laughs come from a cameo, which is never a good sign. What are you saying, mate? Who's the cameo? I'm not sure if it's the Lance Armstrong one, maybe. We've got a couple of we got a couple of Rex Ryan contenders in this episode. Mm. Uh, I can't imagine the last time I laughed so hard at seeing a young man get beamed in the head with a wrench. (laughs) (laughs) So that's more maybe more of a common uh, occurrence. This one, quite simply, can somebody please put a stop to Ben Stiller? (laughs) Wow. That's uh, so offensive. For every good punchline, there are 15 that sound like they were scraped off the walls of a men's room stalls. Jesus. A non-stop gag fest around a subject that has no right to be funny. And finally, at a time when many ambitious studio films are aiming high and failing short, here's one that delivers on its low-pressure promise. <laughs> That's very backhanded. <laughs> <laughs> they said they delivered, but I find it hard to imagine kindly. it being low pressure as well when you look at the cast they've got. Anytime you can put Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn on your poster, you think there's pressure on it to be successful, especially around this sort of time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because when did so, so when did Wedding Crash? When did Swingers and Wedding Crashes come out. Is that before this? Well, Swingers was like 96, but I think... Yeah, um, but wedding Crashes. Wedding Crashes 2005. 
was yeah, just uh, trying to look before Sean asked. <laughs> Pretty sure. Well, so yeah, so Vince and then Ben. Yeah, Wedding Crackers 05, Dodgeball 04. Yeah, so he was right goes on a great run. He's got uh, Old School in 03, he's got Starsky and Hutch in 04, then he's got Dodgeball, Anchorman, and Wedding Crashes in a row. That is a hell of a run. And then he's even got the breakup, which I remember being a big thing with uh, Jennifer that, Aniston. Yeah, yeah, that was. He's got Fred Claus and Four Christmases, so he just comes out Michael Bublé style two years <laughs> in a row. <laughs> and he does Couples Retreat, which I actually quite liked at the time of it coming out, but I'm pretty sure it was absolutely caned by every critic in just about anyone else that saw it, I think. Don't think I've seen that. Good little uh, hour and 20 minute chick flick. It's <laughs> one of the in-between chick flick. Well, you don't feel really like guilty for watching it, but at the same time, there is some pandering to the female audience in there. You the like breakup, a chick flick, don't you? The Breakup is a very good rom-com slash chick flick. Hey, Four Christmases is actually, a, it's a great Christmas film. Four Christmases is, yeah. It's one of my go-tos now on a yearly basis. You struggle to find a Christmas film that isn't on your go-to, though. No, I'm a bit pickier now because there's so many to get through, but <laughs> Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon is a believable couple to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can get beyond that. The Reese Witherspoon is a lot. I follow her on Instagram. She looks like she's permanently at, like, an eight on, like, the hype scale. <laughs> and I'd much rather someone be closer to, like, a four <laughs> if I'm with not, them daily you'd rather someone be a bit closer to like depressing than all over the shop all yeah the that, that would be energy. a lot pardon all the time you say more energy more energy <laughs> yeah that's that's when it's required <laughs> he, know, he wants your energy for an hour or two on the pod after that exactly get out of it okay. yeah maybe I shouldn't follow Reese Witherspoon then I don't want to uh... <laughs> Top myself off. She's a charm with her still. Still can't help but smile. So that <laughs> is the uh, critics' reviews. So if we go on to the trivia, um, there isn't too much trivia across the two films today. So I guess what we see is uh, is what they did. But I don't know. Worded that very well. But we've got our interview <laughs> what with we uh... what we get. Is that what you meant? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we do have the interview on the feed with Chris Williams, who was Dwight in Dodgeball. You can also see that on YouTube if you want to see our charming smiles um, at the same time. So really, we'll cross some of the trivia here. But if you want all in, he's kind of the guy to hear it from. Go straight so, to the source. Yeah, we would direct you there. So there we go. Um, trivia then, as I said. Um According to many cast members, the hardest part of filming the dodgeball scenes was not flinching when they knew they were about to be hit by the ball. That is... Uh, how do you do that? What happens if you just could not do it? You could get run out of the film. Yeah, I don't think I would be able to do that. Yeah, no, if the ball comes flying at you, you're flinching. Yeah, you don't You don't need to tell me. I've told the story on here before about uh, when I did jiu-jitsu and I can't not brace my fall let alone flinch <laughs> when I know someone's getting pinged towards my head. So Rory bodied you. He didn't. He was left whimpering. 
Justin Long's eyebrow was actually cut open by the first wrench thrown at him. All the wrenches thrown were made of rubber, but the first one was harder than all the others. Jesus. Seems a good one to start with. The hardest one for your practice shot. Yeah. Imagine yeah. being the one who has to line up after watching that. <laughs> Watch his eyebrow gets cut open. Okay, great. Ben Stiller broke three cameras in succession filming one scene and even hit his wife, Christine Taylor, in the face once. <laughs> Uh, many studios, including DreamWorks and Metro-Goldwyn, passed on this movie. 20th Century Fox finally agreed when Ben Stiller reduced his salary to well under $1 million. As of March 05, the movie had grossed over $124 million when it cost just 23 to make. A few cracks. Clutch in the studio there. Hopefully, uh, Ben Stiller got some payment after. I was going to say, he's been done filthy there. <laughs> Having to go underneath a million while they make 160 of Yeah. The original title of this movie was simply Underdog. Finn made a good choice there. Yeah. The entire cast practiced playing dodgeball about a month before filming began. We had some tales from that from Chris, so there's another little plug there. Um, in the United States, the movie is promoted with the tagline Grab Life by the Ball. In foreign markets such as the United Kingdom and Australia, this was changed to the more risque Grab Life by the Balls. I don't know why in America that was too much for them. Of all yeah. the things. <laughs> strange. We've got a casting what if. Uh, Ken Marino, um, who you may know as the stepdad in Role Models, um, auditioned for the role of Steve the Pirate. He turned up to the audition in full pirate costume, but wasn't granted the role. That's got to feel rough. Yeah, yeah, I like the commitment. Yeah, it's a rough trip home if he's been told on the spot as well. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. Doesn't bring a change of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, when the average Joes are in the locker room waiting for their teammates for the final match, all the players are wearing pants except for Kate Veach, who's wearing shorts. When you listen to the DVD commentary, it can be heard that she had them but refused to wear them because she thought they were too ugly and unflattering. <laughs> there you go. You got to know what you signed up to, though. Come on. <laughs> The DVD, the DVD contains an alternate ending where the average show's team loses the final match and the movie goes to the credits as the announcer exclaims they're going home with nothing. You can actually see this on YouTube. I watched it earlier. And the one where uh, Vince gets hit with the ball and then they say that uh, White Goodman had his foot over the line and so they pull it back. You just don't get that. So when they start celebrating, that's where it carries on. The commentators say they're going home with nothing and then the credits kick in. <laughs> that would be horrible. Yeah, for the first time around, yeah, it probably would have worked maybe for the shock value of getting it out there if that's what they were worried about. But in terms of rewatchability, that really would have hampered it. So fortunately, uh, they went for the right one. Maybe that was just one of those things where they were going to try and teach you all like a tough life lesson. Like, the underdog <laughs> might win, but he probably won't. Uh, there we go. So at the end of the film, the treasure chest with Peter's gambling winnings is inscribed with the term Juice X Machina. This refers to the plot device where a seemingly unsolvable problem is remarkably and abruptly resolved in a story. Good bit of trivia, that. A nice Easter egg. Yeah. That is excellent. Yeah. If we go on to the categories then, as always, so rewatchability is, is always the top one. Um, what do you think about this one in terms of rewatchability? Yeah, I I thought it was really good. It's a really it's a feel good film. One of one of the 
most feel good ones in there, I think, in our bracket. Um, obviously, I haven't watched it for, for a long time. I can't remember the last time I'd have watched Dodgeball, but um, yeah, I still enjoy it. There are parts of it that I forgot about and, and missed, um, and definitely enjoyed it. And it's the time I think works perfectly as well. I almost thought it was too short in a way. I felt like it could have gone on for a bit longer, but um, yeah, it is around one hour 32 minutes, so it fits very nicely into the one hour 30 that we usually strive for. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I had it closer to two hours as well, which should obviously cram a lot into the one and a half hours. There was there was a piece of um, one of the critics' reviews, which I didn't take, but they referenced on there that this is one of those films that you can rewatch and you'll probably pick up something little each time around, whether it's just someone's facial expressions or whether it's a little quote that you perhaps didn't find as funny the first time that clicks yeah, with you the yeah. second time around. Yeah, and I think that is definitely true. And then it's again when we first watched it, when we were, what, 10, 11, when it first came out, the things you find funny then are obviously a lot different to what we find yeah. funny now watching. Yeah, I can remember there being quite some hype behind it because mm. it yeah. was quite easy to get a trailer out of it. And look, you can put it on kids' channels, you can put it on whatever. Someone being hit by a ball is funny for 90% of people. So that sold it to just about everyone there. I think it was a PG-13 in America, so that obviously was the audience they were going for. And then they just snuck in some more risque jokes, which they, I guess, bleep out on TV. I do remember in the days of DVD as well, it was a real go-to rewatch for me in terms of just, if in doubt, one of those sort of like five or six films that you could just stick on. So I must have watched this countless times. And there was a couple of clips from it that went viral, wasn't there? There was, um, after the um, credits with White where he's huge doing yeah. uh, milkshake and there's <laughs> all sorts of little quotes that we'll get into that were kind of picked up and carried on past the bits from the trailer I remember the scene with um, Kate Beach where she's kind of in White's office where he pumps his crotch up and everything there was the there was the quote with her saying uh, that she was just sick in her mouth and I remember that being a big thing in the trailer we should date. What? Date. I said we should date sometime, you know, socially. Go out and kick it. Mm. Are you okay? Mm. I'm fine. I just uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, you know, in some cultures, they only eat vomit. I've never been there, but I read about it in a book. <laughs> and people saying it afterwards, the, I'll just throw up in my mouth. <laughs> Sean, you've probably had that a couple of times uh, on Tinder, have you not? Say that again, sorry, you just cow. People yeah. saying uh, they just threw up in their mouth at the lines <laughs> that have been sent. <laughs> you absolutely stick. <laughs> I'm not the one getting those responses. Anywhere near as, anywhere near as, bad, as, as bad as you. A 6.7 out of 10 is harsh, I think, but actually in terms of a comedy, that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. Especially with some of the ones we've seen that have copped some flat. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that's right in the that's right in that grey area of uh, if there's like a new film on Netflix or a film you're not sure about, you check the IMDb and it's like six point seven to seven point two, and you're like, oh, is this is this worth my investment to go either way? <laughs> this this I've said this to TK before that. I feel like I've wasted my time less if I go to the cinema to watch a film than if I've sat at home and put one on for two hours because yeah, at home you do feel like 
I could have turned this off at any time, and I didn't. I had other options. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's more um, of the event around going to the cinema, isn't there? If you're with yeah. someone else, there's at least some element of enjoyment from it. Let me tell you, there's no grey area with Sean over 6.7s to 7.2s on Tinder. No grey area there. <laughs> yeah, there actually isn't. That's the diamond area. <laughs> um, if we go on to the quotes then, and there are quite a lot, I don't think we have to worry as much here. We could have issues with uh, instinctively quoting them in an accent for white chicks, so we'll see how that goes. But Pepper, Pepper Brooks and um, Cotton McKnight Jason Bateman and Gary Cole, two staples I would say that we're going to have in the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame here, probably first ballot if we were to go about it that way. Sure. And the quotes they've got throughout, the, there was the, the one that's memed of Pepper saying it's a bold strategy, Cotton, let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love that quote. But it's, <laughs> There's all of them where he blindfolds himself and then he says uh, he's not going to be able to see very well. Looks like Peter LaFleur has actually blindfolded himself. Yeah, he will not be able to see very well, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he gets more stupid as it goes on. In my head, all, all, all the hell of that is him going, F in A, F in A. <laughs> when they go to sudden death and he says, uh, Pepper needs new pants. And then he said, the Pepper says, he admits that he does. <laughs> he, he says something in that little uh, bit before that. He says, uh, I've seen a lot of things in my time. I've seen the Great Pyramids. I've seen such and such. I've seen a grown man pleasure a camel. <laughs> uh, How would that work? <laughs> one of those things you, you don't want to know. <laughs> It's like the intro to a uh, 40-year-old virgin, that is. Yeah. With yeah. a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten what you meant then. As soon as yeah. you said the dog, I got, I got you. Uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. It's still said today, if you even mention dodgeball to someone, they, they before they even say they've seen it, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. If you master the five Ds, no amount of balls on earth can hit you. Quebec, go ahead. Me or... Yeah, um, shouldn't we, like, learn by dodging balls that are thrown at us, or...? That's what this sack of wrenches is for. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Oh! Oh! Any other questions? Oh, my God! Yeah, uh, Patches. Oh. Are you sure that this is completely necessary? Uh. Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? Probably not. No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. Yeah, yeah. along with the, the five Ds of dodgeball. Yeah. And, normally the, and dodge. The, do you know the five Ds, Sean? Do you know the five Ds, Sean? Oh, yeah. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Very good. If you repeat what you said after, because I, I don't think it's very clear. I said that, and the other one is the like a bunch of retards trying to fuck a doorknob. <laughs> that was, at the time, just yeah. incredible. I, I remember reading that 
where they tried cleaning it up for uh, American kind of broadcast TV, um, they said something along the lines of um, a bunch of handicaps trying to hump a football. Oh, and then people complained like, this really isn't much better. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah, haven't really used not. the word, word retard. You, like, you just made it less funny for <laughs> not much less offensive. <laughs> so, Interesting yeah, they got complaints that... either way there. Interesting that Sean was confused by the logistics of someone pleasuring a camel, but not by Rita's t- fucking a doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you said, I feel like you can picture that more easily. <laughs> I'm trying not to. <laughs> uh, Lance Armstrong, where he has his cameo, and he says, uh, quit. You know, once I was thinking about quitting when I was diagnosed with brain, lung, and testicular cancer all at the same time. Uh, actually, I decided to quit. Lance. Quit? You know, once I was thinking about quitting when I was diagnosed with brain, lung, and testicular cancer all at the same time. But with the love and support of my friends and family, I got back on the bike and I won the Tour de France five times in a row. But I'm sure you have a good reason to quit. So what are you dying from that's keeping you from the finals? Right now feels a little bit like shame. Well, I guess if a person never quit when the going got tough, they wouldn't have anything to regret for the rest of their life. Good luck to you, Peter. I'm sure this decision won't haunt you forever. With the support of my friends and family, I got back on the bike and won the Tour de France five times in a row. But hey, I'm sure you have a good reason to quit. So, um, <laughs> what, what are you dying from that's keeping you from the finals? That's the greatest cameo of. It's probably the greatest cameo of all time. And then it's, uh, it was. I mean, it was a good cameo at the time, but <laughs> what's come out after it? Is, <laughs> He says in there, um, well, I guess if a person never quit when the going got tough, they wouldn't have anything to regret for the rest of their life. Good luck to you, Peter. I'm sure the decision won't haunt you forever. <laughs> I remember when we watched, I watched it back when we interviewed um, Chris Williams. Yeah. And that bit really got me in a way that it hadn't really before. I was like, this is just perfect. <laughs> and I compare it to uh, sort of Seth Green in Sex Drive with just that, yeah. that perfect, like, I don't want to, almost don't want to give. Uh, Lars Armstrong this much credit but that perfect level of passive aggression which it turns out actually is his character as well (laughs) (laughs) it works well with Peter's quote at the start of the film where he says um, I found that if you have a goal that you might not reach it but if you don't have one then you're never disappointed I gotta tell you (laughs) it feels phenomenal (laughs) forget just what a nice guy Vince plays in this he's literally (laughs) other than when he has a go at the pirate he's just nice to everyone constantly in fairness he let a lot slide there as well like oh, him getting uh, how, pinned up against the wall, having to be associated with someone that is dressing as a pirate. Uh, how has he not, you know, gone in on these people prior to this? It's ridiculous. His <laughs> well, life is literally line, coming down around his eyes, and he's just let this carry on. In line with uh, you, you're saying about the pirate when they're struggling for players at the end, and Owen says, "Wait, there's a guy on our team who dresses like a pirate," and he's genuinely <laughs> yeah. bemused by what's going on. <laughs> and they keep sending him he's like no no it's ringing no bells <laughs> and doesn't at the end he call him like Steve the pirate or does he, does he reference like you don't, you're not a pirate anymore Patches saying necessary is it necessary for me to drink my own urine I'll do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste was it he really one? does <laughs> have some classics well we had a crossover there because we had some stories about him from uh, JB in our interview didn't we what about Rip Torn yeah yeah, yeah, we did, didn't it? Didn't we actually? Not trying to break into a bank 
and then not remembering it because of how, dr- how drunk he was. That is a great story. <laughs> I mean, we, we were laughing at it, but really, it's gone so badly. <laughs> he also no. says, uh, holy hell, son, you're about as useful as a cock-flavoured lollipop. That was <laughs> sensational. Don't think you can get away with that now, either. Yeah. Well, of all the things he says, you probably could get away with <laughs> <laughs> Where, Where um, Dwight says, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. This doesn't concern you, Lafleur. Not nearly as much as your hair does, that's for sure. But uh, I believe she asked you to leave. I get it. You caught the scent of a lesser stag in your nostrils. Pity. I'll let you have your little moment, Lafleur. Because after this tournament, your gym, your life, and your gal are going to be mine. All mine. To be continued. Oh! Oh! You don't get to touch me. Ever. Okay, Romeo. Let me help you up. Get off of me! Don't you touch me! It is over between us, Kate. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! (laughs) Yeah, that's a great scene in general where uh, he asks Peter if he has an issue. He he says, uh, if this doesn't concern you, and he says, uh, well, not nearly as much as your hair does, but uh, I think it's fine (laughs) you left here alone. Yeah, you've already referenced uh, White and Kate, but that whole scene is is great. You said about her saying, we should mate, and then she's saying like she's thrown up in her mouth, but... The, uh, that's me grabbing the ball by the horns. It's a metaphor. <laughs> and it's just, I get it, like, that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> Him saying in that same scene, she says, uh, are you reading the dictionary? And he says, oh, you caught me. I like, a break, I like to break a mental sweat too. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be shackled up by the employer-employee relationship unless you cut into that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when she says she's thrown up in her mouth, he says... Uh, you know, in some cultures, uh, they only eat vomit. I've never been there, but I read about it <laughs> in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Even just him pumping up his crotch before that scene is hilarious that, in itself. The pump up the crotch and the uh, shoving the pizza down there yeah. again were two <laughs> things that at the time people went fucking crazy for. <laughs> Ug- ugliness and fatness and genetic disorders, just like bonus and necrophilia. <laughs> He follows that up saying it's only your fault if you don't hate yourself to do something about it. <laughs> Putting boldness in the same bracket as necrophilia is very hard. <laughs> the idea of necrophilia being a genetic condition. <laughs> where to start? Because <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like they, this is, I guess, is outside of quotes, but I do feel like they nail like the perfect, like, assholes in a gym or like the worst kind of gym people like when they yeah. cameo about it and, and obviously the way that Dwight is as well um, they nail that and yeah that's obviously evident throughout that whole scene well I was speaking to Rory the other day and I was trying to explain the term heroes when referring to people at school it seems uh, this didn't cross to his realms of Cheltenham unbelievably so but how strange I said one of the key things to look out for was the people that felt that every drink they had had to be in a protein shaker from the age of about year nine onwards, even whether it was a protein shake or not. There was absolutely no need for it. Or to carry no. around like, 
carry around a massive holdall for about three school books. <laughs> so they do nail the gym stereotypes perfectly because people who, obviously not everyone that goes to the gym, but people who probably refer to themselves as gym people are very irritating to everyone bar the people themselves who really can't see what the issue is. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's part of it, isn't it? Is that if you're within that group, you must just be so oblivious to this. And if you, I don't see why everyone's issue is. <laughs> I guess that's the same with a lot of... The, uh, the protein shake fits a slightly going off point, but the, uh, the continuation of that is uh, if you work in an office and someone has some form of shake or something, be it a protein, a diet shake or whatever, they are always very keen to let you know it's a massive <laughs> shake in front of everyone. Like, I have a protein shake. Look at oh, this. Just going to go on to that. Just Parading up and down the office. Like, yes. Oh, this. Uh, oh, yeah, you know. And they're always, go they're straight always to the gym, don't they? Standing up, shaking it, and then talking about what they're going to do at the gym or something. You know? <laughs> the most vigorous shake ever. Like, the most aggressive <laughs> hand job ever. Just going crazy <laughs> with it. And I'll go straight to the gym from work, so this kind of helps me. You know, just start giving people exercise tips because they've been doing something for two weeks. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're an expert. That's great. I remember back in the day saying I was uh, going to be eating a bit more healthier at work, and I came up with, um, you know, one of them like salads that you get in the pot where they admittedly do have mayo and all sorts like that in it. I remember eating one, and this this woman who uh, was lecturing me saying. <laughs> You know how much uh, like sugar and salts in that? I mean, I'd usually be having chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is quite a considerable difference still, but when people get on that health kick, they don't have love telling you about it. Were they still, <laughs> were they still doing um, curly fries at the Grange? Um, well, for, forgotten. I've not been in there that long. When you were there. <laughs> but I don't think so. Damn shame. Maybe these gym people have to move on to a year in as Patchy as uh, Patchy suggests. Yeah, Maybe we all will. On, on <laughs> note where he says, like, "Well, it's probably the way he would have wanted to go." <laughs> 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 There's a couple from White that's similar, and where he says, uh, "I know you, you know you, and I know that you know that I know you." And he was saying, <laughs> yeah. uh, "Go ahead, make your jokes, Mister <laughs> Jokey Joke Maker." <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris Williams' facial expressions in this kill me every time. The way, he yeah, especially with like the the most obvious one is the Steve the Pirate one where he looks <laughs> throughout, throughout it. His, his facial expressions are so good. Well, when he says uh, blood and semen, and people look at him, and he looks really bemused that people aren't seeing this. We're like, not mixed. <laughs> not mixed together <laughs> separately. It's the car wash was in the trailer as well, wasn't it? Because I remember that being. Yeah, like yeah. one of the things like when you would sit down to watch a film and you kind of are looking out for the things from the trailer, especially when it's one before everyone had catch up and TiVo and all this, where you really did have to sit through the adverts and you would see the same trailer pumped in your face three, four, five times a day. So you would be sat waiting for that kind of scene. Or there's that one, the one bloke making a Justin keep cleaning his car. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they sold it probably fall people. off the roller coaster and break every bone in his body <laughs> before actually doing that it's just so so perfect um, 
more similar to what I just said, where Peter says, you really think you can come in here and buy me out while you're a lot dumber than I thought? He says, oh, I don't think I'm a lot dumber than you thought that I think that I thought I was once. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peter's saying, look what, I know we've had our differences in the past. And he says, differences? Is that what you call sleeping with three of my female trainers? (laughs) That was was just one night. (laughs) What about (laughs) that stripper gun you sent me for the Global Gym one-year anniversary? I meant to be congratulatory. So he's also a man. <laughs> Another one from Pepper Brooks. Ouch town population, you bro. After he said, uh, right in the testicles. <laughs> I know Keenan's favourite is uh, White going through his team saying, allow me the pleasure of introducing you to Blade. Laser. Blazer. <laughs> yeah. Blazer. <laughs> <laughs> was it Francesca? <laughs> Can you say name, Luke? No, I didn't even bother writing it down. Turns <laughs> in it. You're always exactly, the name yeah. guy on here as well. Yeah. I always thought we've said this before. Rough gig for her. She had to audition for that, whatever. In terms of, but in general, that sort of character. If, if you're trying to pitch that to someone, can't be, can't be easy. That. The thing is, she's she's not bad looking in real life. She was actually in Two and a Half Men because when I clocked uh, the two together, she was uh, Miss Pasternak, Jake's teacher. Anyway, uh, there's she's articles Miss where it's like, yeah, she's a ting in that as well. <laughs> there's articles that say you won't believe how good looking she is outside of dodgeball. Like she, like she looked like that in her like, normal <laughs> life, walking around. <laughs> and also, it is quite a low bar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like putting me next to a blob, and it's, you won't believe how much better looking he is than this blob. <laughs> I wouldn't take it as much of a compliment. <laughs> uh, another one from the the commentators where he says, uh, "Looks like it's going to be a two on one and another twelve pain." Pepper says, "Usually you pay double for that kind of action, Cotton." And they say, average Joe's is a tough job facing the lumberjacks. These woodsmen probably haven't smelled a woman in eight months. Pepper says, they must masturbate a lot, Cotton. <laughs> White claims he created himself. He says, you can't be my boss. Nobody's my boss. I'm my own boss. I created myself. <laughs> I think that's near the end. Peter said, too bad Hallmark, Hallmark doesn't make a sorrier dodgeball coach got killed by two tons of irony card. <laughs> Him getting killed by a sign is great. (laughs) I love the smell of queef in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Peter saying, uh, "Hey, what? I don't think I didn't think Nazi camp got out until eight. Did you skip arts arts and crafts?" (laughs) He said, "Yes, he did." White saying, oh, hello, Kate. I wasn't where I was paying you to socialise. <laughs> You're not off the clock. <laughs> well, isn't that convenient for you? <laughs> and the clock. <laughs> <laughs> and the clock gets me. White saying, my gym has stockholders. Your gym doesn't even have cup holders. <laughs> Why would we want cup holders? <laughs> Uh, Justin saying it'll be, it'll be worth my while when I make the cheerleading squad this time proves to Amber and everyone else I'm not a loser Peter says well, you want to make the cheerleading squad to prove to a girl that you're not a loser <laughs> she, high school's just changed a lot since I was a kid <laughs> <laughs> I think I only had 
two left. Peter's saying there's someone out there for everybody. You know, it says you think he says, absolutely. In some cases, there's two somebodies for one person. I like to call that the jackpot. <laughs> and Gordon saying Alpha Love, which one, which me and my brothers certainly found was hilarious for ages. So I imagine it was probably the same for a lot of others. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. I had a little chuckle at it that again. <laughs> He's a great character. He is a good character. Mm. It is quite contradictory where they have him as being like the stupidest character in a collection of stupid characters, but he is also the one that makes all of the smart decisions to get everything working together. Yeah. Sure. Which does seem to be a theme in a lot of films where the stupidest person does also hold the plot together with their decision making. So is, there you go. is, is the male order bride a Leslie Mann Hall of Fame candidate? Christ. I'm just putting it out there. I can't remember what one I put out there the one week that people are outraged about. That's the worst what? so far. What did, you, what did you say? I didn't catch who he said. He just asked if Gordon's wife <laughs> is a contender. Jesus Christ. Hall of Fame. He looks like Mrs. Kwan from Cat in the Hat. Hey, if you see what she looks like in real life. <laughs> you should see her now. Yeah, I think the one that you outraged me saying Cindy Kim in uh, Harada Kumar. She's nothing compared to what Sean's just suggested. <laughs> uh, best moment slash scene for me is White and Kate in his office. Yeah, yes, that is a sort of a laugh a second, isn't it? Yeah, and there I, are some great scenes. I like that one. The I do. I don't know if it's in contention for the best scene, but I do really like like the dodgeball montage bit. You know where they're going through the rounds and they yeah. show like the round of sixteen and quarter quarterfinal and semifinal, and then you see all the different teams. Um, quite, Skills like that kills them. is the laziest team name ever. <laughs> We're like moonwalking and dancing around. Uh, <laughs> it is great. Yeah, so I do. I do like that one because then you get more of uh, pe- pepper and cotton there as well. I guess them dodging the wrenches and the traffic. Yeah, even the training montage is good as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the training montage might be up there, particularly as similar sort of time they ended up playing those uh, Girl Scouts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and the they only get through because of a, a drug test. Unreal. <laughs> what drug? Is it a tranquilizer that she has? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like six different types, I think. It's even better that they don't show her during the game. <laughs> they just pan to her after. <laughs> Like this unexplained giant kid is is just. (laughs) Um, Who would you say is the best side character? Would it be uh, Pepper or Cotton? Would it be Patches? I would say Patches, I think. Yeah, because I don't think you can count. Because if, like, Pepper and Cotton. Vaughn and Stiller are the main, aren't they? Because Pepper and Cotton, if you're gonna, if they're gonna go into the like Rex Ryan Hall of Fame, then that's more yeah, of a good point. cameo rather than side character. Isn't but are, are are they in too much for a cameo? Like Lance, I, I yeah, still for example, they are in too much. Lance Armstrong is in a cameo. Yeah, I I still feel like it's a cameo for them, and just the feeling that we had when we spoke with um, Chris Williams was that it felt like a cameo to them. Yeah, having Jason yeah. Bateman and Gary Cole because you are kind of looking at them as 
oh, well, that's Jason Bateman and Gary Cole more than them being just funny commentators. You're looking at Jason Bateman for the Prism of 2020. They're like, Jason yeah. Bateman is not Jason was that Bateman. Just, was that just a part for Bateman at that point when he was that kind of actor? I don't know. He'd, he'd still, I still yeah, feel what? like he was Jason Bateman. And the, he, the way they said how cool it was to see them there doing the commentary. Now, they actually had to come back six or seven times to re-record those lines because they kept changing the teams they were up against or the way that people would be out and that kind of thing. So they were stuck there. I, don't know, I, I do feel, this, this is a tricky one, because I do feel they probably are in it too long to be a cameo there. I don't know. Even when you add them up, it's probably not that, because it's really like one line at a time. Yeah, I, I think the lack of you know, sustained lines. Yeah. Potentially. I, I I think Patches is a better side character there. But yeah, I, I think, go for Patches. Because he has more longevity in there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. As well as he obviously does have a, a lot of the best lines. But by the way, you... I guess I guess this is kind of this is gonna be verging into the ending a little bit, but I guess it's a quote as well. Is when she at the end obviously reveals she has a girlfriend. And says, "I'm not gay. Um, I'm bisexual." And then goes and kisses Vince Vaughn. <laughs> like her relationship obviously means nothing because she's bisexual. <laughs> and obviously that's what bisexuals do. They just go and kiss men and women regardless of their relationships. Weird, yeah. Very. You weird, could not but... do that now. I tell you that. <laughs> Particularly back then, that is how a lot of people think. Like there are a lot of people sure, that think. Yeah. Say when we were at school, if you got told there was someone gay. Um, in your year at school where people automatically think that they then fancy every single person in the changing room yeah yeah I've, I've always I've always said it to to lads who, what about gay lads like look just play it on the ratio of are any birds interested in you if it's no don't worry they're not interested in you either <laughs> why are they going to pick you they've probably got a better group take a pick from they're not going to pick you son you'll be alright but it, it is a great uh ending especially with the way that Dwight's been making his comments the whole way through really we should have given Dwight best side character our principal really out of loyalty he'd have been my second choice I think oh we're saving him for MVP yeah good point (laughs) I mean we wouldn't get much more blatant uh, (laughs) brown nosing sycophants would we (laughs) yeah it was all about Dwight really (laughs) that could work when sorting future interviews uh I mean, I don't want to just say this, but it's going to help a lot if you want to be MVP. <laughs> we don't give out these lightly. Um, it's probably if we go on to White Chicks and then we'll do our usual where we come back around and do the judging all together. So White Chicks, another film from 2004, as we said. Two disgraced FBI agents go way undercover in an effort to protect hotel heiresses, the Wilson sisters, from a kidnapping plot. So I did warn you about the critics' reviews here, so uh, I'll run you through them. This is going to be scathing. (laughs) I can't imagine that. (laughs) There is not one funny moment. The plot sucks, and what seems like a given in these types of movies, the protagonists are overdone caricatures. There's one in particular which is real bad, which you'll know when I say it. Um, It's bad enough watching a dreadfully unfunny, really awful comedy, but watching a very racist comedy makes it all the worse. <laughs> Compliments the awfulness of its protagonist's Caucasian camouflage with putrid bathroom humour 
pitiable romance and brainless racial social commentary. One which is probably fair. Odds on, you know what you're in for. So if you're prepared to shell out your reddits for it, you'll find that amicable enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stupid, crude, inept, illogical, illogical, and alas, very funny. <laughs> illogical. We've got a similar one here. Uh, Wayans takes one unfunny joke and runs with it beyond the realms of plausibility to a point where even Michael Jackson would draw the line. Why Michael Jackson? <laughs> I guess they're going for the skin uh, skin tone changing. Uh, okay, uh, 109 minutes and not one good punchline. That's one joke less than in Schindler's List. How is this humanly possible? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Must have missed the gag in Schindler's List. <laughs> well, I actually Googled this after to try and find if there is one famous joke in Schindler's List. <laughs> Some bloke must have been laughing at something in there that wasn't intended to be a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this critic actually threw the wrong cut. It's in the director's cut. They're going to go funny with it. Uh, if its premise is as thin as Brittany Daniels' frame, which is damn near transparent, then its execution is non-existent. It's not even the me. Plot is, <laughs> the plot is stupid, that's a given, but the movie is funny, and that's what counts. I think that's fair. Finally, the only real laugh to be had at a screening of White Chicks is during the trailer for the goofy upcoming film Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. <laughs> there you go. There's your critics' reviews. That's Schindler's List one. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that. Because I don't take audience like reviews. These are all registered critics. So someone has been paid and that's what they've sent in to their publisher. I mean, we said critics are having to be a bit more like sensationalist, don't we? I mean, he's really gone for it. <laughs> well, can you see the some of them that have tried where they said about like Brittany Daniels' frame? Yeah, that's that seen kind of... a real reach. One of the things which I, I thought at the time when uh, watching it is you can see how different things were and people jokingly say about uh, the Kardashians and how it changed because... Nobody wanted to have a big ass before that, and it went completely from there. But they make a comment about uh, one of the friends in this, and I think they she refers to it as a big badonkadonk <laughs> in, in in the film. And if you were to do that now, that would be the complete opposite. You'd probably have three times the size of that. So times really do change. Really? And Terry Crews makes a few comments in there as well about. Uh, wanting a white girl with a black ass and all these kinds of things. <laughs> Terry Crews is one of them where the less I hear from him, the better, because he seems like such a weird, awful bloke that I'd rather just be able to laugh at some of his things in this. Yeah, at this point, for example, I don't think anyone really realised that. So it was just like, yeah. oh, this guy's fucking hilarious. And then, <laughs> it gets, like you said, as the curtain gets pulled back a little bit more, you're like, oh, hang on. Um, there is a much trivia and when I say that there's literally three pieces of trivia so uh, <laughs> the family name Vandergeld is Dutch and translates to of the money huh. uh, the special makeup effects were created by legendary makeup artist Greg Cannon who also did Mrs. Doubtfire and The Mask good reference yeah isn't yeah. it and uh, we've, we've said about bad titles before 
the original title was The Miltons, sounding more like the Hiltons, which they spoofed. Yeah, again, right decision here. <laughs> so there you go. That's what you could have had. White chicks cut to the chase, didn't it? Yeah. If if we talk about rewatchability, this is longer than, to be quite honest, longer than it should have been. <laughs> I don't think anyone would argue that it could probably do with not much, maybe 10, 15 minutes max taken off because it's an hour and 50 minutes, which I don't agree with the classic one joke driven into the ground, but there is only so far you can go with this and they do really stretch it. Yeah. Yeah. And that being said, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I went in almost thinking I'm really not sure about this. No, I was a little nervous, I'll admit. I wonder how well it was going to have aged. I don't think it's aged particularly badly in terms of things. I mean, the, the you probably would have some pushback if it was done now, more so from white people, I'd assume, who a lot of the critics' reviews we saw then weren't happy with it, but yeah, they'd be saying, you know, like you couldn't do the reverse, and it like yeah. us, like that's definitely the same thing. So not, like, not quite. The humor, the humor's still funny. Like the jokes, I always go back to Bruce Almighty, where I said it didn't age well for me. So I'm probably being harsh on that. But white chicks, the humor didn't get any less less funny to me. I was still laughing the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think the, so. The thing that I, again, it's not really on the comedy side, but. I just really noticed it, that scene where in, where they're in the car, where they're driving them, you know, the original twins initially, and then you see the cut shots of when it's like so clearly a green screen, and it's like so bad. <laughs> oh, I was like, Jesus, it must be quite old, and then obviously it's 2004. In terms of a scene, you, you might not get away with them cutting from a thousand miles to saying they can say the N-word because there's nobody there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you wouldn't get away with that one. Um, I do kind of usually bring us sports news in the middle of this. So, uh, Sean, I can just tell you now, the uh, Hoiberg deal is 100% confirmed. That is um, big news. Was that from Fabrizio Romano? Yeah. Total yep. agreement. Here we go. 17 million. And the top reply is Spurs news with a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Aurier's going for 35 million. That was mental, but I'm sure we'll get into that on Monday. So if we do, if we do the quotes, then um, I don't have as many for this one. I mean, I could almost send it to TK just to say it's more physical comedy or just put a voice, a voice clip in from previous weeks where we've said it. Um, once you go black you're going to need a wheelchair is one which did hear said a lot even after the film came out yeah yeah definitely added by the fact that there is the guy in a wheelchair (laughs) definitely by the wheelchair girl coming out yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is brilliant Uh, the whole you want to talk about mothers scene is if I think of white chicks, that's the scene that comes into my head straight away. What? <laughs> oh my god, you want to talk about mothers? Oh my god. Oh, 
Your mother is so dumb, she went to Dr. Dre for a pap smear. Oh! Something's wrong, Dr. Dre. My coochie's doing a beatbox. Yeah? Well, your mother is so stupid, she exercises when she could just get, like, liposuction or something. Yeah. Your mother's so old that her breast milk is powdered. You breastfeed like this. She's so... Megan, you go. Your mother is so stupid that she goes to Barney's Rooftop Deck restaurant for lunch and orders a Niçois salad and calls it a Nikoi salad. <laughs> Nikoi salad, right? Your mother's ass is so hairy, it looks like Don King's about to pop out and say, Only in America! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that. I didn't know why. I didn't think it was the like, biggest scene. But yeah, yeah. Because I can remember people doing it in school with a flower or whatever there is. Yeah. And people thinking yeah, yeah. it was as funny as the first time people are going to have seen it. Yeah, it's not quite original material, is it? Your mother's so dumb, she went to Dr. Dre for a pap smear. Something's wrong, <laughs> Dr. Dre. My coochie's doing a beatbox. And your mother's ass is so hairy. It looks like Don King's about to pop out and say, Holy in America. <laughs> I, don't... I don't see why I got to go out with Buffy the White Girl Slayer. <laughs> I'm with uh, the agent where he says, uh, So, did you think all those pants you were sniffing, Kevin or Marcus? And he's like, Gomez, I told you, I was looking for DNA. <laughs> Their little back and forth of like who you would do and wouldn't do are were great as well. Yeah. Where he just lets him answer and says, You're disgusting, no matter what he says. <laughs> when he says about Carmen Electro or Pam Anderson's, but they've got a yeast infection. <laughs> and then when he does say Pam Anderson, he's still disgusting. Like, disgusting. I wouldn't stop you, would it shoot? It probably wouldn't, you're right. <laughs> Hey, look, those are prime. You've got to, you've got to realise that. You're just going to take the hit with that. Did, did you think Electra it? Pam Anderson. Did you think it was a bit of a nod back because um, I think his name's uh, Lachlan Taylor. So he's in Scary Movie with Carmen Electra. So I didn't know. And obviously, it's a Wayans Bros film. So I didn't know if it was a uh, kind of nod to that, or if it was just that Carmen Electra and Pam Anderson were two top, two top dogs at the time. Yeah, I feel like maybe they're just two titans. You could be right. What a Beautiful Chocolate Man was another one which probably got more life than it should have. Yeah, people felt comfortable saying that. They probably shouldn't have felt comfortable saying that, I think. <laughs> if, you need to, uh, if you need to use protection, tell the trial there's an extra shower curtain in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, Megan saying, uh, these starving kids in Africa make me so sad. They don't even have to try to be skinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole you were thinking it, I know, but you said it. As much as it is a ridiculous film, in a similar manner to um, how um, Ben Stiller's character in Dodgeball depicts like, sort of the extremes of gene people, this does perfectly sort of display the extremes of like a girl group or certainly yeah. what is yeah, sort of like yeah. the, the Hollywood sort of lifestyle in terms of how ridiculous they all like, act. Well, even at the end where they admit that they don't actually like the real twins, yeah. but they still hang around with them anyway all of the time, laughing <laughs> at everything they do, etc. The whole, um, I'm so freaking pissed has been in my head since watching it last night. <laughs> I can't believe you think we're gonna go to the Hamptons with my face looking like that! It's, it's really not that bad. Just 
Just get some makeup and cover it up. Put makeup on this? I am so freaking pissed. Oh my god, I mean, this is like the worst day of my life. I went to go get my brows done, and I told her to make me look like J-Lo, and then that freaking Russian toad made me look like Liza Minnelli or something, you know? Oh my god. I'm gonna have BF. Wait, hey, what's a BF? She's gonna have a bitch fit! You better get out of here! I am gonna call your boss! Come on, you don't have to do that. No, I am gonna call the owner of the company! Come on, just take it easy. Look, we can work this out. No! I'm gonna write a letter. No, no, no! Having a bitch uh, fit, uh, that really uh, <laughs> took off, didn't it? She's gonna have a BF. <laughs> and I'm gonna write a letter. I, I remember being constant. Really, I don't remember that so much. How broke, uh, MC Hammer broke. <laughs> Nobody says MC Hammer broke, they're just devastated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One of the critics' reviews that I uh, didn't take down was uh, them saying, you know how awful this is going to be when there's an MC Hammer reference in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other quotes? Uh, is- I, don't, I don't think so. I think we've milked it. Um, what do you think is the best moment slash scene? F- for me, it would be down to the mum jokes and A Thousand Miles. I prefer when it's them singing it in the car to when it's with Terry Crews, which is the more common one when you put it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty iconic. For me, it'd be the mum the mum one, or I actually quite like the opening scene. I like when they're undercover and they're that vanilla ice cream. I actually really like that start bit. Um, so either of those two. Do you think it's overlooked that the Wayans aren't actually bad actors? They just no. have a very clear style of what they do. Because I think Sean Wayans in particular, if he wasn't a part of all of this, could probably have been a star man in in some in some other films if he was to go on a different route. Yeah, you're probably right. He's got the sort of look for it and stuff as well. And he just doesn't care what, what he does. There there aren't many people who would in within their first film um we'll talk about scary movie next week, but go the route he goes in that and then wear prosthetics for the whole of white yeah. and all sorts. So yeah. he really doesn't care about what, what he does. He if he thinks it's funny then he's prepared to do it. Yeah, that is true. Um, what what would you say is the best scene, TK? I I do think probably the your mum stuff. I think the back and forth of them and the other girls. I think is probably the thing that stuck in my mind. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. The thousand miles thing is pretty iconic as well, <laughs> but I think that one was slightly better. One of the things that stood out for me when I watched it back is there's someone. Um, who's like an uncredited character stood behind them while they're doing the your mum jokes. And the the twins kind of look to this woman to laugh when they're making jokes and that kind of thing. But then whenever that moment's over, she looks like she's like an extra in the scene and she isn't supposed to be a part of it. So it's really weird when you look at it because she's kind of one foot in trying to be seen and then the other way around it's like trying to be almost look through her she's just a body there so I don't know what they were trying to do with that person or if she didn't know either and I just oh, right, focused yeah. on the main people in the scene I hadn't really caught that she, she, she's kind of 
she's the closest person. getting a bit ahead of herself. Is that what you said? Yeah, she's the closest person behind them, but it looks like the twins are kind of looking to her to do that. But decided not to go all in with it. Also, the the twin that has the shorter hair. So she actually has a twin sister who is also an actress, but they still decided to not use those twins and figure they had someone better. So oh, kicking wow. the teeth for a twin. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> that is brutal. So she's the one who uh, is in Little Man in the scene where uh, he tries to breastfeed. Ah, who I would you say? Still, the, the, Sorry. The, the sort of the unspoken gag that nobody questions how these girls are suddenly like six foot plus and yeah, oh, <laughs> like it's just it's just it just has you chuckling like <laughs> you, the look, you look a bit. <laughs> when did you grow? <laughs> They're like massive hands and feet. It's just well, because people can look complaining about that in the reviews and the feedback. Whereas that, to me, as you said, was just an extra gag alongside it that yeah, you oh, laugh alongside with. I know us. Criticizing the critics is a sort of an ongoing thing with this, but like ridiculousness is also part of some comedies, and it's certainly part yeah. of this. Like you're not buying into it for believability. No, no, because there's the with the fashion scene where uh, people are confused, where they're seeing them both at the same time. They keep walking <laughs> as, back at yeah, as yeah. if they're identical. And what is this happening? <laughs> yeah, they can't those. distinguish the difference. <laughs> it's similar to those like. Disaster films that come out, and then when people complain it's not realistic, it's like, well, obviously it's not meant to be realistic. <laughs> but these kind of things. The worst like... of people doing with like any film, The Rock does now, and it's like, do you not see the point? The Fast and Furious, where they do it, it's like, not very believable. So. Weirdly, <laughs> when they, some, when someone being catapulted across a bridge and then landing on a bonnet of another car <laughs> was never going to be particularly believable. Obviously, you were buying into the Fast and Furious for believability prior to this. But, it's like every action film where they decide to keep someone hostage rather than just shoot them in the head while they've got them tied up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any film you can pick holes in if you really wanted to. If you want to be that guy. I think the the first Fast and Furious is probably believable, but after that, then it gets gets ridiculous. There you go, Matt. Don't say that. Kind of gets me lined up for this pod. Yeah, no, I'm a a fan. I'm a massive fan of him. He is. Hopefully, Hopefully of Tokyo Drift. What do you think? Who do you think's the best side character in this? That Terry Crews? He probably does seal it, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you weren't saying what you said earlier, I think <laughs> in isolation, he is a very, very good character. I don't know who the woman is that Sean Wayne's is after. She's a diamond, this. She is, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if I was. Uh... Missing something obvious with who she is. Well, probably adds to her a bit. Their mystique. Yeah. If we go on to the the judging then, so first things first, as always, comes down to the tiebreaker if we get that far. Um, which did you prefer? Uh, I did prefer dodgeball myself. So um, I yeah, went into it thinking I would, so I tried to go in with a blank slate because I thought don't want to go in sort of batting for one side here but I, I did prefer dodgeball still nonetheless yeah rewatchability we we say dodgeball as much for the length of time as the fact that we just prefer it as a film 
Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would go for that as well. I'm interested. I'm sure you won't be able to answer this right now, but has there ever been a difference in terms of the preferring rewatchability? Have we ever gone for one and not the other? Yes, um, Tropic Thunder was, which was the one that was preferred, but in terms of rewatchability, was less so, I believe. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, yeah, but with this one, I would say Dodgeball as well. Let me think then. And there is a couple. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there are. Um, I guess some of these are self-explanatory. Most quotable, I guess, by the length of time. Yeah, I think this is a classic <laughs> case of that, isn't it? Yeah, and it is one of the most, as you kind of said in the group the other day, it's one of the most quotable films in in the bracket. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, iconic. Some of the quotes are. What What do you think is the best quote across both films? I I think for the potentially for the time period in which and how long it lasts, I do think you look like a bunch of retards trying to fuck a doorknob might be the one that seals it for me. Maybe followed by cock favorite lollipop. Yeah, as a for duration, if I take the duration of time from when it first came out to just rewatching it now, I'd have probably said the the retard trying to fuck a doorknob. But after rewatch before rewatching, sorry. So we watching last night. I do really enjoy the it's a bold strategy cotton. Let's see if it pays out. <laughs> so that, those would be my two favourite ones. So ultimately, yeah, still dodgeball. I think I would go probably for if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball as much for the, the longevity of it. I do like the uh, let's see how it plays out, as you said. And the whole kind of quote from Lance Armstrong in isolation would also probably be right up there on a level play and on a level play yeah. for me. So Yeah, it is. It would be dodgeball for me, I think. Either way. Um Best moment slash scene across both films. I'll go with Dodgeball with the um with the training scene, etc., with the yeah, you know, the wrenches and all that, I think that's I think that's the best. What'd you say, Sean? Or White and um, what's the thing? yeah, I think yeah, either yeah. of those could be the best. Tough with either either of those, I might err on the side of the White and Kate. Um, yeah, that, that'd be my pick the, as well. The dictionary bit proper gets me also in reading <laughs> that. Uh, so yeah, either those two. Um, so yeah, dodgeball again. Um, best side character would are we going for Patches or Terry Crews again I'll go Patches just I think more uh, just a little bit more sort of bang for your buck I think he's pretty much a walking quote yeah. it's yeah. something that we said didn't age well them kind of quite brazenly talking about slip this in a drink if you want to get <laughs> laid tonight <laughs> And then he—he's not like he feels particularly bad about it. It's just, hey, if you want to get if, if you want to get laid tonight, this is the way to go about it. <laughs> it all works out fine. He takes it himself. It's all good. No harm done. I remember there's one that people brought up years later where there's a Rick Ross lyric where he says, uh, "Slip Molly in her drink, she doesn't even know it." Like it's. <laughs> it's a completely different sound thing to say. And people, are, that's actually. <laughs> Not great. And we're going out and banning an old Christmas song for doing the same sort of thing. Crazy. Yep. 
Maybe uh, it's cold outside. Which film made the bigger impact? See, I I was a little bit caught with this one. I instinctively wanted to say dodgeball. It's it's but very close was in big. the worldwide gross. Whitechase was big. I would say dodgeball, I think. I think White Chicks may have appealed to us more when we were younger and so may stand out more in that frame because everyone did seem to have it on DVD. Um, I would go dodgeball. There's, I think there's 20 million in it, which isn't much in terms of a worldwide gross. It says White Chicks have a... It's not necessarily a positive bigger impact, but does it have a bigger impact because of the, the controversy that surrounds it? Especially now. I don't know if there is much. I, I was going to say, do you do you guys see it as particularly controversial? Because I don't, in the sense that I, I reckon, you, but... I, but I even generally, I reckon you'd have a, a chance of making this film if you said right tomorrow you're going to make this film, or we're going to make Tropic Thunder. I would say you have a chance of making White Chicks. I know you have no chance of making Tropic Thunder. No. I, 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 I don't know. I think you'd get a that select few white people who perennially want to be offended. But other than that, I don't think that many people would... I think it'd be seen as, like the critics said in this, a little ridiculous and be criticised for that point of view. But I don't think it would necessarily get the heat that maybe we might think it would. Well, I mean, they're meant to be making a sequel for this, so... I mean, I'm not mad for that. (laughs) No, but, I mean, it's obviously not something that can't be made. No, no. Because you think they're going to have to be white chicks or it's not going to be white chicks too. Also, in the nicest way possible, if you look at some of the films that the Wayans have made since, then the white chicks makes a lot of sense for them. <laughs> You've got to cash in. Yeah. And the fact people want it, clearly. If you search white, white chicks sequel, people are desperate for it. A little bit surprised they didn't do a sequel not so long after, really. I, I, know we I talk, agree. We, we talked about, you know, with name drop David Dobkin um, when we interviewed him. And, you know, he said he could have done a cash grab with a Wedding Crashes 2 sequel, but they wanted to be true to it. White Chick, you don't really have too much to be true to. You could do a sequel and take the money, couldn't you? Yeah, you definitely could. I think, well, you had Little Man came out two years later, so it mm. may have just been the... Yeah. And then... Marlon Wayans was in Norbit. He was in G.I. Joe. So I guess he maybe thought that he was going to have a run. And then he's kind of got himself cancelled a few times. <laughs> In fact, I can say a few times means that uh, it obviously didn't work. But I know he, he would come out and he, he would always do an interview and they would ask him something like, uh, what do you think about the latest allegations surrounding Bill Cosby? It's like, you don't need to answer this question. <laughs> don't do what you're about to do. And he would always answer it. In, I think he got in trouble where he said something along the lines of, look, if you look at some of these women, I'm not sure even Bill would have needed to do this or that. And it was Christ. an attempt at a joke. And it was like, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't the time. <laughs> It was essentially along the lines of, look, some of these women aren't good looking enough to go to that effort for. Yeah. <laughs> it was on the Breakfast Club, so they were obviously encouraging him as well as saying, Oh, you can't do that, but laughing at the same time. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it may have been hard to get network pushing behind him or studio pushing behind him because the time would have been right after White Chicks, but I don't know if it was a success at, at the time enough for that to happen or if it is one that's picked up since then or not. I think potentially just it's, as they're fairly close and I'll say because Dodgeball probably had a, even an impact on the way people spoke in terms of the quotes becoming just part of general vernacular, I'll, I'll go for that having the bigger impact just about. Yeah, I mean, on IMDb, they have the awards for um, a film and mm. now it says that three wins, 13 nominations for um, White Chicks and among those are Worst Picture, Worst Actress, Worst Actor, <laughs> Worst Screen Couple, <laughs> Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, uh, Most Painful and Comedy, yeah, Worst Picture, Worst Sense of Direction, in brackets, Stop Them Before They Direct Again, <laughs> Least Special Special Effects, so... Sheesh. That may be why a sequel wasn't too forthcoming because maybe the people in charge didn't like it and if they don't like it, it often doesn't matter what the public is saying. And we didn't have social media as much then to really go out and say how much you like this film. It would have been strictly based on numbers. Yeah, true. Which you might say that's the, the best way to do it, but you can have 100 people that hate it, but you can have 50 people that absolutely love it and are definitely going to go and put their money behind a sequel so it probably was a bit harder of a metric to gauge but I guess they're going to do it now anyway and they'll probably make a load more money oh I'm sure I know Terry Crews said that they were working on it but Marlon Wayans I think came out and said that nothing's confirmed so who knows now that a lot of money's gone down the drain as such. It may be that they look at some some films like this and say, you know what, we actually don't want to put 200 million behind White Chicks 2. So that may be why it's not confirmed. <laughs> um, what would you say in terms of originality? Because both films, I think, are original in their own right. Dodgeball is almost a parody of your average sports movie. Yeah, great. But then it does still have every feature of a classic sports movie still in there. Yeah, the underdog thing as well, and the love interest. And, but tricky, isn't it? They're both, they've, I think I've said it about past week, they're, they're unlucky they found each other on this one because they yeah. probably beat a lot with originality. I think a lot of the ones, some of the films we had that are great films, but of a certain type, these are pretty unique in what they do. Because I think with White Chicks, if we were to say it isn't original then, we'd be comparing it to any other Wayne's comedy. Like, if you because that's not a genre in itself. It actually is quite original. It just very much is. They perfected style. that style, if you like. Yeah, which we had for, well, between 2000 and 2006, every two years or so. Yeah. I'll probably give them another thing. Yeah. Within that time frame, you had white chicks. Scary Movie 1, 2, 3, Little Man, White Chicks. So they they did well, I'm sure. I'm sure they made a, a pretty penny. But that does mean. The whitewash has been avoided again. We're yet to have a complete whitewash. So We're being respectful. Them for, congrats to them for that. Um, <laughs> MVP then across uh, both films. If, if I ask outwardly, if you were to take one from Dodgeball and one from White Chicks, who, who would be your MVP? For me, 
White Goodman would be a shoo-in for dodgeball, I think. I think he's, you know, the the obvious candidate across both films, isn't he? Yeah. It's Chris Williams for me. Pardon, Sean? It's Chris Williams for me. Good man. <laughs> Has to be. Before you say Chris Wayans, I was thinking there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about. Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, White Goodman. Is the MVP. What do you think for best soundtrack? See, White soundtrack, Chicks is very good. Soundtrack, I feel like. I mean, what White Chicks has got? What Let's Get It Started, Tipsy, Crazy in Love, obviously Thousand Miles, MC Hammer. Yeah. It's got La Bamba. Get love. Yeah. Beer Maroon Five. Yep, it's got It's My Life, so uh, no doubt. Oh, yeah, Biggie Smalls in there. You've got Biggie Smalls. You've got uh, That's Amore in there as well. <laughs> La Bamba is a great song. That is. Great song. Um, but yeah, so I, I think White Chicks take it. I mean, obviously Dodgeball has... And you've got some Britney in there as well from In The Club. And you've got Run DMC in there as well. You've got Crazy In Love, Beyonce, Satisfaction, Benny Benassi. Yeah, Move Your Feet by Junior that. Senior, which was a banger at the time. Dodgeball's <laughs> got obviously We Will Rock Lady in Red, Milkshake. Got a few, but but nowhere near the level of White Chicks. White Chicks has got the depth, hasn't it? Yeah. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces pass, and I'm homebound. Shame Sean hasn't joined us there. Real shame. He's going to be in my head probably for like the next week. If I could fall. Looks like White Chicks is getting an odd there. That is definitely getting an odd. Um, ending. Which has the better ending? It, I'm going, it I'm going Dodgeball. I don't hate the White Chicks ending. But no, I like I'll the Dodgeball. Dodgeball. I think I like all the Dodgeball endings. I mean, the, the, the kissing part is a bit of a weird bit to it. That doesn't really make That's a great payoff at the time when you've had Chris Williams making the jokes throughout. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think it's hilarious and perfect. I just just thought it was kind of crazy that you can can basically say that about them. Also, the ending of White Chicks, I, I, I don't dislike, but it is very much here's the film, here's the film, here's the film, bang, ending. There's no real like. We've nearly caught the bad guys. They get away, and then we come back. It is very much one no, shot, one kill. We've got them wrapped up. I remember glancing at the thing, thinking, "There's only 15 minutes to go here. Like, how do they do this again?" And it is very much like you said, zero to 100. And you ha- you you have the classic in in a in a kind of a comedy in film like this, where it's like, "How do we get them to catch them?" Actually. Why don't we have the bad guy explain his entire plot yeah. while we've got a camera in the background? Yeah. That's never been done before. Yeah. It really is. And even the uh, the sort of the arc of these characters all basically haven't revealed to them that these people they thought were someone weren't was someone else. And everybody has to basically get up to speed to that within a minute. So his <laughs> girlfriend accepts that this has happened, takes him back. The woman who he's been lying to, but he did jump into a bullet for, to be fair. She decides, yeah, I'll pursue you. The friends who you've been hanging out with for the last few days, like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. So there's a lot going on in the space of like five minutes. Also, he says, uh, like, can I take you on a date? I don't have this. I don't have that. And she, she's like, 
Well, you did jump in front of a bullet for me, so I guess I can't really say no. She does owe him one. She also does say at the start, like, oh, I'm tired. I'm tired of all these. I'm essentially, I'm tired of all these poor people. They're not making me happy enough. I need someone rich like that who can really treat me properly. <laughs> and there wasn't really much uh, sort of lesson being learned there because he obviously, when he, he breaks out of character and then pretends he's um, Latrell, doesn't he? Yeah. And to try and show off. And then obviously he's been lying to him in terms of he's dressed as this white chick. And there's never really a, yeah, you've got to stop lying to me. It's just kind of a, yeah, yeah, I've gone a date with him. Like you said, because you've yeah, they ignore the Latrell thing. The lie there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she doesn't really question it at all because he can't really say. You know, I was undercover. This is what I really needed to do. There was literally, yeah, there was no reason for it. What would you say in terms of chemistry? Do you give it to Sean and Marlon Wayans, or do you give it to Vince Vaughn and the boys and Ben Stiller and? It's hard not to give it to Wayne's brothers, being the fact that they're obviously family, and they, you know how many successful films they made together as well. The chemistry's obviously there. So I feel like I would probably give it to White Chick, but I feel like Dodgeball's chemistry is pretty good. But then I think it, part of the film works is that they're all like mismatches and yeah, people. I'll give it to Dodgeball for that because I think despite the fact that they're all mismatched, they do do a convincing job of convincing these average Joes to come together and genuinely do like each other. And I think the chemistry between Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller is kind of, I think, the perfect axis on which the film's built. Yeah. I think they have that perfect sort of rivalry where well, you think it's a rivalry, but it's funny at the same time. I would go for White Chicks, but it is razor thin. Yeah, I, I felt like if I was going to go for White Chicks, I was doing it because I'm trying to tell myself, well, they're brothers, so the chemistry <laughs> is great. I thought, I'd, as I prefer dodgeball, I'll give it to them, I thought. Well, I mean, it didn't exp- it didn't affect the scoreline either way, so we wind up with a 9-3 win in favour in favor of dodgeball. So dodgeball progresses to the next round. Um, just... Before we um, close out, some other kind of points of consideration, some that we've mentioned already. Uh, first one being the real star of the film. And I guess we've said Ben Stiller, haven't we? And do you stand by that for being the real star of Dodgeball? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. And we would probably pick the Wayans as a, as a pair for the real star of White Chicks, wouldn't we? Because you can't really have one without the other and they are the star. Yeah, far and away the uh, the stars, aren't they? No one really comes um, clear. If you could recast one role, which would it be? Oh, I struggled with this. Oh, did I? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I couldn't really... <laughs> my, my go-to on this is always Justin Long and he's in the film. <laughs> that means you swap him for a Jay Baruchel and it works every time yeah true true I strangely kept thinking of guys who could come in on the commentary team on Dodgeball which is the very thing that like you don't need to swap them they maybe, are literally uh, magic maybe one I've just thought of is Zoe Deschanel as Kate she was who okay. I was going to swap that wasn't okay. who I was weirdly in my head I had um, Charlize Theron 
<laughs> She's a bit intimidating to be Kate, isn't she? I think Rachel McAdams can do a job there. <laughs> I, I think she can, yeah. <laughs> you could put Rachel McAdams in any any of those characters. She would do a job in any of them, any of these yeah, kind of she, films. She really is yeah, the camera. Sean said he wanted uh, Kate Winslet in the role. Kate <laughs> Winslet? Did you say Winslet? Did I hear that? Oh, I didn't. I said Winslet. I thought <laughs> you said, said Winslet. Sean said, Sean said Winslet. No, but he was repeating what you said. <laughs> I'm sure oh, no. it did sound like you said Winslet. Yeah, you said Winslet. <laughs> it wasn't intentional if I did. Uh, if we get in quick before Sean suggests Anna Kendrick for the role. <laughs> Hey, Anna Kendrick. She deserves some more work, actually. <laughs> um, if the cast swapped, which film works best? Christ, how do we work this? Oh, I don't, this is a tough one. I don't think either well, work is the In terms of having black actors, it would need to be um, Chris Williams and Michelle as the white <laughs> <Yes>. chicks. <laughs> We've not given much mention to Michelle, and he is a great character. Yeah, it's true. It does tend to bounce off still, doesn't it? Well, when he still. snaps his when he snaps his fingers outside uh, Kate's house and he pulls up on the Vespa. <laughs> I feel like dodgeball you can you can do with a lesser cast more than we don't really have the facilities for white chicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure getting Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller to dress up as women is going to do anything to no, get a good film. Sure. I mean, in terms of the twins, we'd need it to be Kate Beach and uh, Francesca <laughs> Stelanoskovic. <laughs> if you add Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, does the movie improve? So... I mean, Dodgeball's already got one of them, but if you add Owen Wilson in, then I think it does probably improve. What yeah, Owen Wilson in as uh, Steve the Pirate. Yeah, I can see that. Could you? Could you see him being the pirate? I'm really pushing it, pushing it in there. You could probably get him as... Could he be one of the commentators? Like, not Bateman, but... It could be Gary see, Cole, couldn't it? See, yeah. when I suggest this, I'm told it's not a big enough role and it's disrespectful. It It isn't a big enough role for him. No, maybe not, but it's where he fits in. <laughs> well, he gets to get some makeup on him and he can be patches. I think Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn as um, the two other cops in White Chicks could be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Gomez they are good. The, the scene of them they are good they've got it is yeah. classic <laughs> in like every mistaken identity film and it's still funny every time yeah. particularly with this one because they keep one up in it and you like, you clearly know and they're like well they won't be able to fake this yeah when <laughs> and he, everyone enjoying the, the view each time when he pulls the top down you think no they're not going to do the next bit they're not going to do that and then yeah sure enough doesn't he sell like a great pair? <laughs> when the woman, he gets overlooked. The woman has a top pulled down. Initially shocked. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, great. And it's only when the one pulls her pants down when she's like, no, no, we've gone too far now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that does close us out perfectly there. So we've actually got, we've only got one uh, kind of matchup in the bracket left to fill. So we've got two more 
weeks to close out the first round. So next week we have Scary Movie against Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. That's a good week. So we have six, is it 16 weeks tomorrow, next week? No, so next week will be um, week 15, and then we've still got week 16 to come with oh, Knocked right. Up and Old School. Which maybe that'll be the first one we do in person, not to old school. It's been a big journey. I did um, have a think uh, earlier that, and it's kind of tied into my uh, food questions to start off. That maybe when we do uh, Harold and Kumar for round two, we'll have to recreate and do their feast beforehand, and just be a very laboured podcast. Just <laughs> all struggle through it. <laughs> Someone drifts off halfway through it. I hope none of you have the shits like they do in my house. <laughs> At least after your good uh, good grace to turn the mute, mute on. Exactly. Don't be hearing that. <laughs> um, so there we go. That does it. So as I said, scary movie from 2000. I think it's maybe the oldest matchup in the bracket because we've got, oh no, we had Dumb and Dumb against Happy Gilmore. Forget Happy Gilmore was 96 as well. Um, so there we go 2000 scary movie Austin Powers 1997 we'll have to get into next week um, fingers crossed we'll have um, Keenan back with us Seals brings uh, good value we probably could have given us some of these uh, rogue names for our recasting so uh, and if he has any different views we'll get them to go into next time so thanks again for listening as always if you check out next week exclusively on the YouTube we'll have an interview with Travis West from Eurotrip so you can see various uh, individual clips there. We've got other interviews on the YouTube. If you go to Spitballing Pod, then subscribe there on YouTube and you can see our charming faces as well as uh, the movie stars we're linking up with. So thanks again. We'll be back. Adios.